Hello, and welcome to the podcast about Transformers comics, toys, and everything in between. I'm Onyx Prime with my two co-hosts here. Hi, I'm Compi Charm. And hi, I'm Kilobyte. Moving on with our comic discussion for today's episode takes us to IDW, More Than Meets the Eye, Volume 3, plus the annual from 2012. And as always, spoiler warning, so if you haven't read it already, we highly recommend you go back, read the comics, subscribe to the podcast, then come listen to this episode. Thank you. Both Computron and myself have read this series already, but this is Killbyte's first time and we're excited to hear his thoughts. But before we can dive into that, Computron, you have some things you want to say first, right? Yeah, uh, let's get started with some facts and trivia. How does that sound? That sounds perfect to me. Okay, so starting with the facts. So uh, the number of comics, it's the annual plus three issues for this uh, volume. Uh, the annual was released September 12th, 2012, and the first issue of this volume, issue 9, was released September 26, 2012. Then the last issue was released November 21st, 2012. The writer for the annual is James Roberts. The artists for the annual are Jimbo Salgado and Emil Cabal-Teodoro. Okay, I apologize if I mispronounced that. Uh, with flashback art by Guido Guidi. Our favorite. And the colors by Juan Fernandez and Joanna Lafuente. I want to put this in there. They're all our favorites. They're all good, talented artists. No matter what Computron says. All right, continue on. I'm sorry, but I'm picky. <laughs> Not really. Uh, so the writer for the rest of the issue was our favorite, James Roberts. Don't you correct anything else about that. Uh, and the artist for the rest of the issues was my favorite, Alex Milne, with colors by Josh Brickham and the inks by Juan Castro, Alex Milne, and John Wyckoff. Okay, trivia. For the annual, this brings us Ultra Magnus's lifetime smile count up to ding, 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 three. Woo! What a rare occurrence. <laughs> Uh, there are many miscoloring, missing limbs, removed body parts due to the rushed timeline for the release of this annual. Uh, some include, but not limited to, Skids is drawn with no left hand on page 15, Chrome Dome is blue on page 18, and in panel 2 on page 24, Swerve and Tailgate were removed from the Titan's face, which was a correction made due to both of them still being on the lost light in future panels. Okay, and... Okay. and <laughs> interesting we'll put that uh on the if you're on the youtube we'll uh show you the images on that one uh in issue nine shadow play was in robert's original plans but came about after one of the rare requests by hasbro uh they wanted they were concerned that optimus wasn't you know was going to be absent from the comics for over a year and asked him to make a few appearances. Uh, as he didn't want the Lost Light running into Orion Pack slash Optimus Prime, Roberts used it as an excuse to go back to Cybertron's past and tell a uh, Lost Light character's origin story. Uh, in issue 10, the helmet Glitch is wearing in the scene on uh, of Roller and Ratchet arriving at the Academy is Doc Brown's brainwave analyzer from Back to the Future. Ooh. I love Alex Miller. I'm going to have to check that again. <laughs> in, issue 11, in issue 11, the senator Optimus communes with has an academy uh, for uh, unusual super-powered students who the wider world hates and fears. And X-Men, you know, nod. And if that's not blatant enough for you, Pax's next line is, is he the one with the claws? 
<laughs> Let's see. Nightmare fuel is a term coined by Mystery Science Theater 3000 and popularized by the website TV Tropes to describe horrifying scenes in fiction. Uh, Swerve has nabbed it from Trailbreaker's personal stash, a reference to Trailbreaker's fondness for strong alcohol. Uh, that was back in issue six. Itself a reworking of the fuel efficient traits described in his original bio. Pretender Skolgren is pictured on the bottle's label. Okay, uh, last two. Here we go. Uh, at the request of James Roberts, colorist Josh Burkham purposely gave the senator the hues of Ultra Magnus, both in this issue and previous ones, to serve as a red, well, actually blue and white uh, herring. Hmm, wonder who <laughs> it is. We'll have to find out. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> And last but not least, on the last fact is, did you know that uh, Kremzeeks enjoys subscribers? Uh, start off the year around your son, right, by subscribing and leaving a like today. Yuck, yuck. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, with all that being done and said and fine and dandy, Mr. Kilobyte, would you please give us a short summary of these comics? Can do. Uh, so we're going to start with, with the annual, and the annual includes a short adventure about Ultra Magnus discovering where he truly belongs. The next three issues are all about the Shadowplay arc, each one representing a different perspective. The first one being a murder mystery with an uh, homage to Blade Runner. The second one being a political thriller. And finally, the last one being an epic heist with some aspects hinted at the X-Men. And as always, this information has been taken from the wiki. Right on. Shall we get started? We, we shall. shall. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so it's just another day on the Lost Light, and we have Rodimus, Whirl, and Gang shrunk down and inside Ultra Magnus, fighting off the Nanocons. Just a typical day, you know. Um, what's your thoughts? I, I have a nice little note here, but I want to know what you're thinking. My favorite quote of the entire uh, annual is... Uh, Look, Magnus, if you want to save the people, you have to smile. <laughs> like the ending <laughs> bit? Yeah. yeah. That's so good. One of the funniest things was they were trying to discover what the rusted pistons were. <laughs> and uh, I think Rodimus was, was like, why are they so rusty? He goes, um, those are used for smiling. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite bit of this is we discover rural doesn't or can't do internalized thoughts. Yeah. And he's always <laughs> thinking out loud. Yeah, I was going to mention that. And, and also the uh, the part where they tell Magnus the world's inside, and they, but don't worry that we've informed him to not use any weapons. And he's like, he's inside with a weapon? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's not going to end well. Yeah. So moving to the next point, uh, Telgate gets ready for his becoming an Autobot ceremony, and then invites a few friends. Thought on, like, who he's invited? He was a bit timid when he invited uh, Mr. Cyclonus. I mean, the last encounter ended up with a, a greeting from his backhand, so I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> Cyclonus has him right under the boot. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think I think it was sweet, because he he's getting to know... Uh, bots uh, like he's been trapped in a cave so he's now getting to know a little bit more of everybody and i think the ones he picked are the ones that are usually together and hanging out at the bar so that's pretty yeah, cool the usual gang 
the youthful uh, Ganyan. My favorite part is we get a quick panel slide by slide of Rodimus practicing his speech, or I guess his new catchphrase, till all are one. And I mean, he, he's totally not going to wing his speech, right? He's totally going to oh, wing it. He's totally <laughs> not. <laughs> yes, he is. So, guys, what's our bets on when he says till all are one? I have it down on five seconds. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at, too. Are you and, you're referring to the crew, though, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm referencing. So, yeah. So uh, the rest of the crew were gambling uh, a few shanics of how long it would take uh, Rodimus to uh, say to all or one. And needless to say, it was five seconds. <laughs> What's your thoughts, Gillo? I found it funny uh, when Drift... Uh, brings it up to him and he says, you say it a lot. He's like, no, I don't. And then he starts thinking about it and finding the crew, just betting and figuring out. I thought this would come from kind of Whirl or maybe Swerve, not, uh, it's Trailbreaker, the one that's asking everybody like your bets. And I'm like, okay, okay. I like this. This, this is very fun and, and like cute at the same time. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good stuff. Although, uh, when it comes down to the speech, I mean, we were all right. It only took like five seconds. But poor Tailgate, he doesn't get an Autobot brand. What does he get? He gets some old Cybertronian. Yeah, yeah. what does that? What does it say? It says it says let me out. What could that mean? Yeah, well, who could who could probably want to let out? Well, before we can find that out, we get a. Quick little special visit from our taxpayer-funded ship, the Galactic Council. And Rodimus answers the phone like a child. You mean the benign intervention? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, Galactic Council were like, as I suspected, Cybertronians. And Hot Rod is like, as I suspected, a fleshling in a stupid hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, my Primus. Come on. They picked the perfect name for that ship, I gotta say. <laughs> Yeah, the benign intervention. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like that interaction because Ultra Magnus is there, and since he has the the Tyrus Accord and everything, like the 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 Galactic Council starts kind of giving articles on why they have to leave the sector, and then Ultra Magnus counters with another article until eventually he gets a sneaky article, and he's like, "We should be able to go down there because of this," and they're like, "Sure, okay, you found the loophole or whatever." <laughs> <laughs> and, and rewind in the back is like yes the section seven sneaky i don't even know what that is <laughs> <laughs> to, me, to, me, uh, to translate to human terms it feels like two karens arguing <laughs> yes i think that's the proper term of that yeah correct I think me if i'm wrong out there humans leave a comment below or something but uh, it feels like that yeah, uh, hilarious yeah it was good times but um so they go down there but those who stay on this ship uh, specifically Swerve. Now, Computron, do you mind describing the scenario between Swerve and who we thought was dead or in the engines room? Uh, <laughs> you just had to give me the hard one. And by hard, I don't mean this is like <laughs> quismatic hard, but hard as in it's hard on my heart. Um, so... They start finding a lot of... Before I jump into uh, Swerve and Orr, um, First Aid tells, I believe, Skids that a lot of the corpses that are on the table are oh, somehow they're, they're covering... Not corpses, they're just heavily injured. Heavily injured uh, 
heavily injured bots are covering their ears because like they're hearing a scream and um and it was weird because they were just offline a few seconds ago and well swerve runs into or and if you guys don't remember Orr's the bot one of the duo bots that was stuck in the quantum generator and at the moment was deceased uh he comes back to life and um well or thinks i believe uh, swerve is shock am i wrong i believe it's one of those and uh well he can't see and uh, pipe. he he's, thinks he's pipes he's pipes 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 there we go uh and he can't see and he just starts talking uh, to swerve and Rodimus gives him the command that hey uh you need to keep him calm because uh if he starts panicking the quantum generator is gonna jump and uh the entire ship's just gonna go bloop. well swerve starts talking and uh he starts doing some self-reflection in third person and uh, it's kind of sad um do you guys want to chime in on any of the stuff he talked about, or do you kind of want to like wait on that one? We we can do a brief summary. Like he feels bad for shooting. He wrong. feels bad for shooting uh, wrong in the face, and uh, he feels bad that uh, it was his fault that an innocent kind of person got uh, shot in the face. Because I think at the time that's when Fort Max was losing his mind, but. Um, <laughs> He also says that the he thought that he was gonna be like happy once the war is over, but now there's like a no happiness. Yeah, that, there you go. They were talking about uh, they were talking to dif- about the difference between peace and happiness. And um, one of my favorite actual quotes from this comic that I actually take to heart was is that uh, or tells Swerve that there's you know there's a big difference between peace and inner peace, and that's. Uh, uh, one thing that Swerve's just gonna have to learn. Yeah, yeah. about you have anything else to add to that? It was a very emotional, emotional scene. I I feel bad for Swerve, and I know it's a lot to shoulder. Um, or like carrying. So uh, I hope yeah. he can he can get some help. That's pretty rough. Moving back to planet side, rewind and asks brainstorm why they can't just teleport everywhere which is a valid question and then brainstorm responds because it's bad for you rewind then follows up about what about the weapons you make and brainstorm rebuttals are bad for other people (laughs) valid points hilarious this is why i enjoy brainstorm good stuff this this comic had a lot of a lot of uh like one-liners that were very spot on and (laughs) very funny right and so they're they're on this planet. They're searching uh, Crystal City because they find out that it has been ransacked, and Drift was the most affected by this because he was super attached to the ideas of the Crystal City, because that's where he was kind of like reborn, I guess. And Whirl, Whirl, Whirl does what he does best and <laughs> antagonizes Drift. It doesn't go. It doesn't go go good for Whirl. <laughs> I didn't know that Whirl could fly without his alt mode. <laughs> yeah, he, he got stacked. Like he got yes, socked. He, he sure did. <laughs> so it's it's Drift, Whirl, uh, Rodimus, Cyclonus, and I think a small few others that are on the planet side. Ultra Magnus, however, 
is teleported to inside of the Galactic Cantle's ship, and they want to invite Ultra Magnus to leave the Lost Light and join them. What is your thoughts on this, Kilo? I thought he was going to accept it, because uh, I feel like he, he he would be a good police officer in like keeping the, the accord going. So at, at one point, I thought he was going to accept it and just leave. Uh, because of kind of he he kind of became a laughing stock in the last light because of the little nano uh, cons that were inside of him and since he smiled everybody was like making jokes of him and he felt uh, like a laughing stock so I'm like hmm okay uh, so he's gonna leave let's see see what's gonna happen to the lost light when he's not there <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough so the crew. On the planet side, continue their journey on what seems to be the shortest quest ever, finding the Metro Titan that's underneath the Crystal City. They're looking for their its um its spark from the inside, which leads them to a myth myth mythical history. I don't know how you want to say this. A a a story time with Cyclonus. What is your thoughts on that? I loved every second of it. You like the the history of Primus? Yeah, I like that. The they go in depths of kind of how the Transformers were made and how they all got the the different uh, abilities to transform and their intelligence and everything. I thought that was pretty very cool. And they they introduce uh, Mortalus, Solimus, uh, Epistemus, and Adaptus. And those were um, I want to say Primus's brothers or you know siblings. And the so, hand, if you will. the guiding hand. Yes, they were known as the guiding hand, and so uh, eventually, uh, Mortalus kind of betrays them, and the, there's a fighting, and so eventually, they all become a different part of the Cybertron race. Like Primus becomes Vector Sigma, more um, Solimus becomes the Matrix of Leadership, Epistemus becomes the Brain, and then the Adaptus becomes the Transformation Cog. And I'm like, ooh, that's those are. I didn't know that was how things worked and how they were created. So I thought that was a very, very cool history lesson. Yeah. I kind of want to point out uh, about that is after they uh, went over the history, they talked about since Mortulus was dead, a lot of the original uh, Cybertronian children um, were pretty much, you know, this was the reason why they lived forever, right? And, um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but if you look a little closely, I know it's colored and designed to look like an old school comic, but if you look closer, uh, they looked a lot like Titans. The, the the guiding hand or the the children? The children, the children. Yeah, the no, because yeah, at the end they mentioned that they they go out and spread peace and happiness across the universe, <laughs> but we all know that's not happening right now. <laughs> Absolutely well, not, not at this moment. This was far in the Quite past. the opposite. Uh, yes. Yeah. So they get this history lesson, but things go a little bit south while inside the Titan. Computron, do you mind explaining what goes south? Uh, well, let's see. Chrome Dome decides he wants to tickle the Metro Titan's brain. Um, upon said tickling, uh, the Metro Titan has laser eyes and shoots a laser eye into the space and you know you had like one in a million chance of hitting this but he did and he hit the benign what was it again the benign intervention intervention <laughs> yeah 
Not good. And uh, well, lo and behold, uh, the Galactic Republic, with their so-called taxpayer-funded army and taxpayer-funded ships, declare war on the drop of a dime. Yeah. Yeah, they get a little upset, and they think they're being attacked by the Cybertronians. So it's discovered from Brainstorm and Chrome Dome's um, put-together smartness that the Metro Titan itself is responsible for ore coming back online and everyone else that was in the repair area coming back to consciousness. And eventually, due to Brainstorm shrinking the Titan with his shrink ray that we did earlier, callback from the nanobots, reduces the Titan's mass so it's able to teleport and quantum jump out of there. But I kind of also, uh, before we talk about that, um, I'm cutting you off. Uh, so the, it was also discovered that when Swerve was talking to Orr, that it wasn't actually Swerve talking to Orr. The Titan was using Orr as a conduit and to, uh, like a conscious conduit. And it was turned out that Swerve was talking to uh, the Titan. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the, the Titan was trying to get back home, but it couldn't teleport because it was right. too big and it didn't have it was like too damaged yeah it was too damaged didn't have enough fuel for its size and since brainstorm shrunk it it was then able to move itself and due to or and swerve or i guess the metro titan swerve's conversation he was able to activate the quantum engines and get them away from the galactic council yep and uh i think it they i think he wasn't damaged or anything. I think it was just Crystal City was using his uh, spark as for energy. Spark. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But after they quantum jump, uh, Or is no longer attached to the quantum engines. Instead, he is missing altogether, and no, no idea. Uh, Kilo, any theories? Uh, since they said it, he was connected to the Titan, I think he got teleported with the titan um it's it's surprising that the ones in the med bay did not teleport so there might be or might have had a special connection or something like that and just went with it yeah the best i can give you <laughs> no, but, that's, uh, good. I, that's pretty much what i thought is it just they just went together because since the titan teleported and it activated him it just kind of went he took the body with him i i, I don't know if we we're going to cover it next but Chrome Dome accessing the the Titans memories, we meet familiar faces, which are the 1984 bots yeah, uh, attacking Crystal City. So we get a little bit of more, uh, not information on them, but we we know where they've been. So I think we're gonna meet them soon. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Well, <laughs> uh, so that's it for the annual part of this volume. Let's take a quick ad break and hear a word from our sponsor. Hey, Computron, what you drinking there? Just some Injex. Swerve said someone at the bar bought me a drink. Nice. I noticed you've been tired lately. Would you be interested in... Nope! Nope, nope. Onyx already gave me some. I don't want any more K-Juice. Not taking any chances. Even if the podcast needs Shanix, we'll find another way. About that. You didn't. You did, didn't you? I bought you that drink and mixed it with K-Juice because I thought you would like it. 
Get over here, you little scraplet! Purchasing K juice, you agree to the following terms and conditions. K juice Corp is not responsible for any possible crimson contained inside the juice box or any mischievous gaming plans that may arise after consumption. Other side effects may include mouth moving faster than the brain module, spontaneous outbursts, random blackouts, and other electrical malfunctions. Oh, Primus, help me! And welcome back. Comptron, would you like some K juice? Absolutely not. <laughs> All right, well, let's get started again. I got so many leftover K-Juice from the sponsors, I don't know what else to do with them. Uh, the crew decides to tell wrong stories, because apparently he's not dead. Um, which, we kind of knew that, but they fixed his head, but he's completely brain dead. So, uh, the crew, not all of them, meet up in Swerve's bar and decide to tell stories to try to reconnect his um, nanowires. So, each of the members here in Swerve's bar <laughs> Swerve's bar that's where we are um but this is on the lost light so who tells the first story and what do they talk about Computron do you mind taking the helm uh yeah uh so the first story I think Chromedome's the one that started it off with uh the investigation that he and Prowl were continuing on going over an assassination from a senator yeah. yes but uh in it Technically, who was it? Who was it? before we jump into that? Who was it that discovered the corpse? Was it? It was Nightbeat and somebody else. Yes, uh, Quark. They both found it at the same time because they were standing underneath the uh, the body, and it just happened to uh, fall into some energon. Happened to fall into Quark's uh, drink. I started so like that K juice stuff that you guys were giving me. <laughs> well, that's different. But yeah. It started, it originally started with Chrome Dome and his and uh, Prowl's investigation about the uh, assassination of the senator. I enjoy uh, when Tailgate is like asking who's who. Uh, Rewind brings up that Prowl is the, always the angry one and he throws tables, which is fair. We do have a table thrower count, which Chrome Dome <laughs> then points out it's actually been five times Prowl has flipped the table. I don't think all five we've seen in the comics, but... I guess bring that counter up to five. Killbite, who tells the next story? Uh, next story is told by Drift. Uh, and it's, uh, we meet Sonic and Boom once again. Oh, yeah. Uh, which we met in the previous issue uh, up on... Uh, Delphi. Delphi, yes, on Delphi. And we find Drift in a pretty rough shape. And they're trying to make him, I guess, overdose, if that's the correct word. Uh, they implanted in his cortex circuit, a circuit booster. And, you know, he was pretty much unable to move until Orion Pax comes and saves the day. Yeah. I want to interrupt real quick. Uh, I do enjoy partway through telling the story. Ratchet interrupts um, Riff telling it and may not be directly at Tailgate. But he was definitely looking at him and says, uh, he gives like a surgeon's warning about taking drugs. And Tailgate's like, why do I get the feeling that was directed at me? Oh, that was <laughs> funny. Go ahead and continue on. Yeah, uh, but uh, Orion saves Drift and takes the Sonic and Boom uh, pretty much to jail. And he takes Drift to Ratchet and Ratchet patches him up and tells him to kind of go on his way and try to stay away from trouble. And that's when we meet, uh, like we learn about some, what's the name of the places? It's, they they pretty much 
can change your alt mode because if you weren't born with something you like, you can change it. But you know, it's not legal, and it it could it could cost you your spark. Oh right, um, not the institute, but uh, gosh, I forgot. It's pretty much a it's pretty much a body reengineering. You know, it's it's a clinic, and you can reengineer your body if you don't like it. Yeah, uh, yep. so It'll be important later. Yeah, so that's very that's very important. But Drift pretty much said that he was just going to sell his body uh, and continue his own way. So I would like to point out when Optimus, or I guess Orion Pax, back in the day, comes in to save the day, he says a familiar G one catchphrase. Just when you think you know how low people can go. They go lower. I'm like, oh yeah, I know where that's from. I understood that reference. <laughs> Insert meme here. Um, <laughs> so we get to a part of the story where it begins to become unclear who is telling the story all of a sudden, and it seems to interweave because it's kind of an origin story of how each of these people's lives have intertwined. Orion Pax, later to be known as Optimus, of course, introduces Ratchet to the senator who got him out of trouble in the Chaos Arc, I believe. And I wonder who that could be. Any theories as of right now at this point in time in the comics? I know you said it was like Shockwave or whatever, but I, I don't know about that. That might be a red herring. Also, you look nothing like Shockwave. You mean a blue herring, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It does not look like uh, like Shockwave it, at this point. I, I, I went back and tried to figure out if they said a name, but they haven't said a name, and I'm like, mm, I, I don't know. I seriously don't know who it could be. Quality content. So back <laughs> to the Lost Light in current time. Rodimus. Drift and Grapple discover a decapitated red alert in the oil reserves. Thoughts on who done it? I thought that it was probably a somebody that got onto the ship before they left and they've been hiding through the walls and everything and decapitated red alert. And it probably was the same person that took the thumb drive. If yeah. my theories are wrong and it's not like Ratchet or Skids, then it's probably somebody else that's Hiding through the walls. And what about that. you, Compitron, the first time you read this? <laughs> Crap, you gotta put me way back when. Uh, <laughs> who done it? Oh, jeez. Well, um, when I first read it, I honestly thought it would have been uh, Brainstorm or something. Really? Let me think. I think. Let me. Let me. Let me really think back way back when. Um, My thoughts were like Whirl for some reason. The first time I read it. Uh, World's, but World was at the table, right? So I thought yeah. it was like Brainstorm. And what could have happened before the table, right? Because we don't know when exactly. Oh, that is true. I was kind of just going hand in hand with it wasn't the people at the table. But that's true. But I, I but thought it was like World, Brainstorm. Uh, he's already like killed some of the crew inadvertently. With, you know, with the pretend locked door. True. I never saw any interaction with Whirl and Red Alert, though, so I'm not... I, I guess that's kind of like why I didn't just throw out Whirl. Yeah, like that uh, kind of uh, would have been random. Yeah. And why Brainstorm? I just... Because Brainstorm is Brainstorm. It could have been like an accident. <laughs> you say I, that honestly, like... That, that's, I was that honestly answer. playing the devil's advocate when I was reading this. I'm like, watch this be an accident or something. And it like... <laughs> like Whirl <laughs> trying to accidentally get rid of the body that he accidentally killed. I don't know. Like, I thought that would have been a funny arc. <laughs> so in the, the next issue of this volume, 
or part two of the shadow play arc, we start off before the war with Chrome Dome continuing his story about the pursuit on the possible murderer of that senator from earlier, the one that was hanging and dripped Energon into a drink. What did you guys think of the chase scene and what did you think of the murderer's living quarters? I want one of those bikes. Uh, can I get one of those? Uh, when when you're older. Oh, that's not fair. Uh, but yeah, I it was fun. I liked it, and I liked the the uh, bot he's pursuing. I liked the the alt mode. Thought it was interesting. Uh, and the living quarters. What I thought is that whoever's doing this is making them making themselves look like they're Decepticons. Yeah, because throughout absolutely. throughout throughout all of this is because they're the Decepticons are, uh, you know, fighting the power versus the like fighting the Senate, and so the Senate is trying to get the Decepticons to sign so they become a political party, uh, but they don't want to do that because they don't think the Senate is gonna really go through with their promise, and so suddenly the senator gets killed. It's branded by an uh, by a Decepticon symbol, and so I think. It was just a, a couple of like a, a group of individuals that want to appear that they're Decepticons and they're doing this, but they're they were actually uh, I don't even know what the factions are at this point, but they're probably not Decepticons and uh, just making it worse for everybody. Yeah, that's pretty much what's going on, right? Like the Senate doesn't want Decepticons in the Senate, right? So they're trying yeah. to frame them in any way to stop them from being a political party on Cybertron. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the factions what, were they were functionalists and non-functionalists, I think, were just kind of like the main factions that they were highlighting at the point. Yeah. 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 Uh, the but... functionalists, non-functionalists, Autobots were the ones in power, and then there's the monoformer movements, and then there's the Decepticon movement. Yeah. yeah. And the, uh, I don't know if this was a movement, but they do mention that the, the, the Cyber Utopia... But I, I'm not sure if it's a movement or it's just like a way of thinking that some people just wanted that. And they're just uh, all of this was happening because they were trying to stop it or something like that. I, I took the cyber utopians as just elitist. I, yeah, I guess I misread that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So back to our current time on the Lost Light. Rodimus, Ultra Magnus, blame Cyclonus. Well, that's a lot of us. Um for Red Alert's decapitation, and it's a great interaction. I really enjoy Drift attempting to be big, scary, bad cop, and then Cyclonus. Uh, it, it's not even f making him flinch. Instead, he, f <laughs> he, he throws Drift over the table and is like, if you're going to threaten me, just, just do it, rather than just pretend. Yeah. I like that interaction between Rodimus and Ultra Magnus, because Rodimus is blaming Cyclonus just because he's a, De a Decepticon. And then mm -hmm. Ultra Magnus is, but we don't know that yet, and trying to not necessarily defend Cyclonus, but be like, did you read him the the his rights, and did you do all these steps, and are you sure it's him? We need more proof. And so Rodimus says, like, when did I become you? When did you become me? Right. <laughs> and I'm it's like, that's, that's perfect. Reversals. Well, he's yeah. like Rodimus is trying so hard to be a good leader. He's forgetting the steps. Yeah. He's like getting ahead of himself. Just a little bit. It's very interesting. We go back in time and continue with Orion Pax, Chrome Dome, and Prowl on our little murder mystery arc. And I really enjoy Prowl's jab at Pax, saying he hopes he never becomes as jaded as Pax. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. We also find out that the so-called murderers were 
those bots from earlier we mentioned that swapped bodies. Yep. Which would explain one of them being a bad flyer and the other one dying because its spark rejected its body? Yep. Interesting uh, indeed. Uh, well, b before, the, I, I kind of wanted to point out about the whole chase scene earlier. Was, uh, which one? Uh, the chase scene with Chrome Dome and uh, the, the one that flew off. Mm -hmm. He technically died ironically. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah, you want to explain the, the irony? <laughs> the irony was is that, um, like, I think the build... So first of all, when you're going so fast when you're flying, uh, you, there's this really, really strong glass that you kind of don't see if you're going really, really fast. And he, boy howdy, hit that thing head on. But that wasn't what killed him. While he was still flying and kind of crashing down, he crashed into a billboard about how amazing it is to just change your body and become a flyer and go wherever you want. And uh, I want to point out what the billboard says. It says, why walk when you can fly? Uh, the most <laughs> of your alt, like make the most of your alt mode, higher, faster, safer. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> Boy, did he take advantage of that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Primus gave him a sign, and that was it. Here's your sign. <laughs> the pun. Oh, so good. And and I want to point out that the when uh, they they're telling that Optimus or Orion jumped onto the spot in mid air and then plummeted to the earth with it and like made it surrender. Like Telgate goes like Orion is so amazing, so cool, and I'm like yes. I feel the same way. <laughs> and like throughout this whole comic, like this, the things that Tailgate said hearing these stories, I was like the same. I was like in his mind thinking the same exact things. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because you're, you're a younger bot kilobyte, right? You're, yeah. you're a freshling spark. Um, how many rotations around the sun is this now? Right now I'm at 11 rotations. Oh yeah, you still have a lot to learn. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Comitron's been here since uh, pretty much the war, which is millions of years ago, and I've been here since the pretty much the dawn of time. <laughs> oh, I, I, you're old. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm happy that I, I met you and I can learn all this history that I've missed yeah. out. Nice little history lesson. So, shall we continue? <laughs> so, yes, old man. <laughs> thank you. Always listen to your elders if they're nice. Wow. <laughs> uh, we uh, then get to a part where Whirl is obviously telling a story to Rong and Yang. And Computron, do you mind telling us about this story? It's interesting. Um, so, first of all, there's this, before we kind of jump into that, there's kind of like a split in the, in the narrative of this flashback. Um, so, and this, the reason why I'm saying this is because at the same time, uh, world's scenes going on something else is going on later and i'll let you guys talk about it but so what happens is is well we all know world's a bad boy and he went to prison on luna 2 specifically garris 1 and uh mr pax came out to give him a visit but before we get to that we must ask ourselves why did orion pax come visit world of all people on garris 1 why well turns out world got into a fight on garris 1 of course of course. And, uh, well, he got tipped. He got some tipped information that, uh, because one specific person was a cellmate for like an hour 
a day maybe and uh, immediately got released from garrison one just like that because he had some friends but before this person left he tipped whirl that uh there was going to be an explosion or a bomb that was going to blow up uh nova no, is it nova prime at the time Nominus. Nomin- no, namus prime Nominus, yeah, yeah namus prime and uh his they was going to blow up his funeral well, Whirl had a phone call, and he had one phone call, and he never used his phone call. And he used his phone call finally to call uh, Mr. Pax out for a visit and uh, to give him the tipped info. Yeah, why does he give him the tipped info? Because Whirl has nothing to gain, right? Or does he? Uh, he? Well, this is Whirl, and he's a psycho, but Whirl is also... <laughs> he's a, He holds grudges pretty well, I'd say. Uh <laughs> He holds grudges, and he wanted revenge against uh, the Senate, so... And the the number one reason why, out of all the places... It, it wasn't because he went to Garrus 1, or because he got busted for beating up Megatron. No, no, no. He wanted to get back at the Senate because the Senate took his hands. Rough. Yep. That's why he's got claws now, huh? <laughs> yeah. Poor world. Poor world. So... We get that tip off, but then Chrome Dome takes over the story for a little bit, but leaves us with a little bit of padding, uh, which Rewind gets a little snappy about and gets us back on track. Uh, a flashback <laughs> to when Prowl says he'll leave Cybertron if a war breaks out and assumes Chrome Dome will come with him. Thoughts on that, Kilo? Well, I think I think Rewind got jealous. <laughs> Why would he get jealous? Because um, Prowl and Chrome Dome were, were partners while they were in the... Uh, Just in partners, the, huh? Uh, well, Prowl and, and Chrome Dome. <laughs> Prowl and Chrome Dome, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know yet, but they, they were partners in the in the police uh, while they were in the police uh, unit. And so Prowl was kind of like saying, if I leave, will you come with me? And, and Chrome Dome was getting into all that detail. And it's like, it's like no, you, you sh- shut it, shush, no more of it. And I think he just got a little <laughs> bit jealous. Like you're not taking my chrome dome away. Yeah, well said. So, continuing with Orion's investigation. So, Computron, what are your thoughts on what Prowl and Chrome Dome find out on the Deep State? I mean, the institution. Can you tell us what that is? It's just Happy Fun Farm, of course. You what go there and, and you go there. You go there and you go have such a wonderful time. You write a slide and, well, I mean, maybe that's what happens but maybe not uh, essentially what they do is uh they uh have this place where you essentially have your all your memories wiped and they implant you with memories and they uh, make you become somebody entirely different they make you become yeah. who they want you to be and uh they do this magical little thing called uh shadow play they make you very complacent and they remove your emotions if needed hello what's your thoughts i've heard rumors about that and i'm pretty scared i hope there's none still active it well, might make uh, you taller, little guy. I don't want to be taller. <laughs> well, it's just there's just one, right? It's just the institution, right? Right? There's only there can only be one, right? 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 Yeah, yeah. Shove, shove, wink, wink. <laughs> so with that, we also have a heist on our hands. Uh, but before we can do the heist, we must first assemble a team. Let's talk about the team, the outliers. This senator, the Orion Praxis. Friend, uh, has an academy of very special talented bots glitch who wants to talk about glitch well glitch is we, we, i could call it a recolor world <laughs> just red uh and his 
ability is that anything he touches glitches. So be very careful when you're around glitch. There's absolutely nothing special about him later. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> John, you we definitely will not be hearing from him any. <laughs> sound maker. Uh, so, yeah, there's glitch. We have wind charger who can levitate things. Ooh, interesting. Which uh, is Jean uh, Grey. Jean <laughs> Grey, yeah, telekinesis. And then we see skids. Computron, you want to talk a little bit about skids? Well, he's sitting at the table. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, yes. He's sitting at the table. Uh, Not our table. Well, turns, table out skids, uh, turns out Skids has this little nifty thing. And uh, by little nifty thing, I mean this dude can literally learn a new skill in the blink of an eye. And he often does it often. Well said. I, those are very good words. But well, very well said. <laughs> Now that I know this is a, a nod to X-Men, uh, now that we come to Skids, I'm like, this is this is Taskmaster, but in the Transformers universe. Yeah, it's, it's very much like Taskmaster. Very much. That's good. good reference. Good call. Except for that, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think uh, Taskmaster was a theotician, or did I pronounce that right? Uh, that would be what... Taskmaster does though, right? Because Taskmaster just watches a new skill and then acquires it. Is that what theotician means? I thought it was like theocracy or something. That's what it means in this continuity. I'm not gonna use the human Google for that. It's not trustworthy. <laughs> I gotta look it up and it says I have a rare disease. <laughs> it's anyway. theotician, but uh, yeah. Yes. So roller of all bots did some digging on the senator fellow and found out that he's been talking to others others like orion others he's also modified to carry the matrix thoughts on who these others might be and why the senator is doing such acts no idea at all well that's not um, helpful <laughs> i know that i know that the the ones that wear the matrix are the primes and there's multiple primes in the senate so he, he was probably making his own Senate with bots he could trust. And maybe that's why he was like, he selected Orion and then he selected multiple others. And eventually there was a, he was going to overthrow the Senate and replace him with the bots he, he deemed worthy of being there and be called, be called primes. How's that for a theory? <laughs> no, no, I like it. I like the theory. Computron, do you think his theory is valid? I think it's valid, but okay. uh, yeah. I I have an idea. Who, I have an idea of one, but I yeah. I don't remember. I think wasn't it? Who was that prime in the uh, the trilogy? Uh, Zeta. Zeta. Yeah, I think Grimlock's another one, right? Grimlock, Zeta. Uh, really? Did we see Grimlock yet with his? We have not, but I think it's mentioned like later on. Spoilers, sorry, Kilo. Wow, wow. <laughs> so we'll we'll continue. We'll see if we can discover the other ones as we're going through. But back on the Lost Light, we find out who really tried to kill Red Alert. Uh, but he's not actually dead. They were able to reconnect his head, and he's just severely unconscious. Turns out it was himself. But why? Why would he do that? feel because he, he mentions that he has a he can hear everything and he 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 tells wrong that he has a lot of paranoia and he thinks that everybody's out to get him and he's always like looking over his shoulder uh i think he just got tired of it and just decided to 
go offline and kind of rest up and not have to hear anything or anybody or worry about anything, which or is bot. sad, you know? Yeah, yeah. I thought the I thought it was funny that uh, one of the lines was he was so paranoid that the peop that he thought that people watching him were being watched. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my god, he's gone through a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I bet Rodimus's words probably didn't help because it seems to me that Red Alert went to Rodimus a couple times, and Rodimus would always tell him that. Um, He's worried about him and told him that he thinks that everyone else on the crew also believes Red Alert has lost it, which is not something you want to tell someone that's having a hard time. Yeah, that doesn't help anybody. Otis is not a great leader. I just want to point no. that out. <laughs> or friend. Or friend. I'm condescending. Yeah. I'm going to do a riot now. I'm going to remove Rodimus, remove Rodimus. <laughs> we'll see that later. Um, back to the past with the heist. What are some of your favorite highlights from this, from this entire heist scene? To prevent the bomb going off in ominous prime, and to not get caught. What's your favorite hijinks? I really like uh, Wind Charger, uh, since he can magnetize. That's they they use him to kind of like fly over the guards and find an entry point. And I thought that was look pretty cool and especially at the end when he kind of grabs the matrix before it activates any of the alarms and he's like yeah i got bored of waiting so i came to help <laughs> computron i have i don't know why but they grabbed the least likely person i would have thought to be the one to send down to grab the matrix like out of all the people there i was like really you're sending ratchet <laughs> Okay, but they do that on purpose, and that's actually part of my favorite, too. So they send Ratchet down there, and Orion Pax uses reverse psychology on Ratchet. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> yeah. funny, because, like, Ratchet, he's really good with his hands. Like, past Ratchet is. Like, new, uh, like current Ratchet, like, got his hands replaced, obviously. But, like, you can actually see the talent of his hands moving fast, and I believe that's why uh, he's the expert. Yeah. I feel bad for Glitch because he was just trying to tell Skids he did a good job, and then by doing that, he just ruined his grapple hook. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh I'm like, yeah! No. I'm like Glitch, no. Or Glitch, wonder what his fate leads because we don't see very much of him, if at all, in the current time period. No, <laughs> he's probably dead. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Or or he's yeah. in a hole somewhere like Tailgate. No. Oh. Uh, stop, stop trying to throw me. So after the heist, Pax's friend, the senator, is caught and surrenders to the evil doers of, sorry, the Senate again, and is taken to the institution, which we find out is a red herring of a name, which may lead you to think there is only one, which leads us to find out who Orion's friend's identity really is. Kilo? <laughs> Orion's friend is the bot we know by Shockwave. Dun dun dun! Senator Shockwave. It was yeah. so good. <laughs> chills, chills, chills down my um, mechanical spinal cord. I don't know. If I could cry, I would have cried. Computon, what was your thoughts? Uh, don't uh, ah. me. <laughs> it was a lot good. of eh. That's a lot of editing in post. 
<laughs> Honestly, I was kind of I was shocked. I, I was really shocked. I think I texted oh. you the time I figured it, it out. Was and it I, waves of shock? Uh, oh, stop it. Uh, <laughs> I texted you and I'm like, no way. Yeah, I do remember the profanity. It was fantastic. I believe you said no scrapping way or something. <laughs> yeah, it's Hawkway was good once, and look what they've done to him. Yeah. We also find out towards the end, Zeta is one of the um, other bots Senator Shockwave was talking to, which I always thought was interesting. It looks and different. a fun little nod. Yeah, it's it's definitely pre before he becomes um, the corruption we'll see in the Autocracy series, or did see in the Autocracy series. It's hard to do a chronological order when future comics have flashbacks. That would be cool <laughs> if they made one giant booklet and it was just a hundred percent chronological would they do that i don't know probably not <laughs> so that's it any other uh comments questions thoughts things you want to talk about before we wrap this up i need to know if optimus or orion tried to convince shockwave that he's good that this is not him i need the answers crazy computron uh you <laughs> can't wait to read mtme4 <laughs> yeah well we're gonna get there because it was nice it was okay one thing i absolutely like about this comic is it, it, one it feels like a filler comic right but like it was a really good filler comic <laughs> it feels like a setup yeah but like uh we all know there's something stirring in the basement mm, that's true mm. we did get sidelined from that didn't we we were yeah. we were there's a boogeyman in the basement. <laughs> oh, Lord. want to wake him up. Anyway, Rod Star rating. I'm... Five. The annual, the, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, sure, five. <laughs> the annual, however, is going to bring it down for me to a 4.5. If the annual is slightly better, like, it was funny, but there was just some parts of it that was too... Like, I, I know it wants you to feel depressed, but I felt really depressed. <laughs> so, I, uh, oh, yeah. four and a half. I, um, here's the problem with MTME, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right here, right now. Is if I give this a high rating, and knowing MTME, because it just keeps getting better, if I give this a high rating, I don't know what rating I can give the other ones. Because these are just too good. It's like, if I go past five, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Like, if I give this one five, and then suddenly MTME four, five, six is good, and I'm like, oh boy, well, I gave three a five, and I don't know what to give these, because these are better. Well, the thing is, you can always pick five again. It's not like you get five one time, and you don't... <laughs> yeah, but those are better fives! Those are better fives! <laughs> <laughs> then that means this one's not a five. I'm gonna have to... Do <laughs> I mean, if we bell curve it, sure. I'm gonna go off my bell curve and say this is a 4.5. Oh, All man, right, this, is, this is this is a five for me and i don't even care about the annual it's not important in my books <laughs> Fair enough. everything else is that i loved the whole backstory and telling stories i was exactly like tailgate like give me more give me more all excited writing down names and like oh this is this this is that and i was like i had such a blast yeah but listeners what did you think of these comics what was your favorite part like tell me that i'm more interested in that tell me that and then how many Rod Stars would you give it? Let us know by leaving a comment below. 
Uh, we are also giving a Transformers 86 line toy jazz away for celebration of our second season. The giveaway will run for another two weeks and the winner will be announced on the Earth calendar month and date of January 24th, 2022. Wow, your Earth has been around for longer than I thought it would be. Um, how to enter? First, you will need to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, each counting for a single entry. So that's two entries so far, but you can earn bonus entries by uh, leaving a comment on this video or other videos that are participating in the giveaway or retweeting this episode or other episodes that are competing for the giveaway. And that can earn you extra bonus points for this toy. And um, if you're not careful, I'm going to reblog this and I'm going to get in that entry and I'm going to win that jazz toy. What do you think? <laughs> You've both have already been placed on my list of not give toy to. All right. Well, I'm going to make a deal with Swindle. I know where he's at. <laughs> I'm contacting the DJD. This is not fair. <laughs> I'm not even Decepticon. <laughs> so listeners, good luck out there. For emails, we don't have any today, but feel free to send us an email at swervebarpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to reading them on the podcast. So are you two ready for Transformers Robots in Disguise Volume 3? I am ready. I'm ready. Fantastic. Kilobyte, do you mind taking us out? Will do. If you've enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with your friends and subscribing. We hope you're all staying safe out there, and thank you so, so much for listening. Till all are one. Till all are one. Till all are one. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Swerves Bar Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Swerves Bar. If you are interested in more content, try checking out the spinoff D&D Transform and Rollout Rise of the World Killers. Let's tune in for a preview now. You guys hear Zephyr is moving in the vents. He's on the move! <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh, no. Oh. I'm gonna get that little punk. Roll me initiative. Did he, did he, did he even hide it? Excuse <laughs> me? <laughs> Roll me initiative. Yeah. Exhilarating. There is also a YouTube channel with bonus content. Link will be provided below. End transmission.